Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mining Media. If you follow me on social media or you know me in real life, you know that most of my media consumption comes in the form of books. I'm always reading at least two books at one time, so a lot of these Mining Media episodes are going to be most likely book series, but I also am guilty of binging a good amount of TV and movies with my wife. And when I can, I do like to play video games too. And I ran a poll on my social media last month to see if people would be interested in listening to a Mining Media episode about another book series that I've been reading recently and recently finished, or if I should talk about a video game. And video game was the unanimous winner. And then I was like, oh, I don't really play video games most people play. But I don't think that stops this mining media from being interesting and hopefully helpful to you thinking about what you can do in your tabletop role-playing games to make them even better. So this episode of Mining Media is about a retro-inspired JRPG called Sea of Stars by Sabotage Studios. If you are like me and you grew up in the late 90s, early 2000s, you played a lot of Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2 era video games. And at that time, there was, we were so spoiled with just incredible JRPGs. If you were into that kind of thing, the Final Fantasy series was just in an absolute home run after home run with Final Fantasies 6 through 10. You had Dragon Quest, you had the Persona series, which hadn't really blown up at the time, but you know, 3 for PS2 was an incredible game, and I'm so excited they just remade it. But even before those, you had your Super Nintendo classics like Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana, which I think is probably the biggest influence on Sea of Stars, if I were to guess. I think Secret of Mana felt a lot like this game. And a lot of those old, original Final Fantasies and Super Nintendo JRPGs are actually based off of tabletop role-playing games. They just kind of translated them to video game format, right? You had your classic Heroes of Light, your four classes, your different types of characters, all with a reasonable role in the party, and you were delving dungeons and defeating tyrants and doing all of this stuff. And I think that you can go full circle with it, where there were clearly inspirations from tabletop games and early JRPGs, and those early JRPGs are nothing but just amazing nostalgia for us now. And Sea of Stars came out last year, and I love this game. It is truly a very well-done love letter to the old Super Nintendo 16-bit JRPGs. And getting into the typical mining media stuff, the first question I am going to try and ask is, what games could do this well at a table? And this was a really tough one. It's funny, you'd think that I could just answer just about anything. It is a video game where combat happens a lot over the course of exploring different areas. In every area you get, you know, items or information about the story as it gets larger and you continue to go to those next places where the enemies are appropriately harder now for your characters to fight. So a lot of combat is prevalent in this game, but I don't think a lot of tabletop role-playing games could do Sea of Stars combat well. I'm going to go into the combat system a little more in detail in a bit as something I just love from this game and people should probably think about lifting ideas from it for their tabletop games. But before we get there, the games I think that might be able to do this well 
are maybe not surprising to JRPG inspired tabletop games. There are quite a few Japanese role playing games out there that have been translated and brought to Western audiences, and they're good, don't get me wrong. A lot of them are more slice of life, but lately there are two more recent JRPG inspired tabletop games that kind of try and emulate the JRPG video game feel more. Granted, again, neither of these I think nail the combat system of Sea of Stars, but the character creation and the way that characters are portrayed in the narrative of those traditional JRPG big world-shattering problems and, you know, eventually you defeat a god, like, you know, every kind of just insane JRPG storyline you can imagine. And the characters that come from nothing to become these incredibly powerful characters. Both of those games do that part well. For example, you could definitely fit the party members of Sea of Stars into the character creation model of either of these games. So the two games are number one, Fabula Ultima. This is a TTJRPG that is very heart on its sleeve, another kind of love letter to Japanese role-playing games, except it's, you know, this time bringing it to the table. There are a lot of classic analogs between JRPG party role characters, so you know, your thieves, your mages, your knights, and things like that, and obviously those have parallels in tabletop games, and in Sea of Stars you kind of have that, but the main thing in Sea of Stars is the two main characters are kind of chosen ones, but it's funny because they kind of take a backseat to the other characters in the game. But one thing from Fabula Ultima that I think is very good for playing a Sea of Stars-esque tabletop game would be the vulnerabilities and the way that they mechanize different elements as weaknesses to enemies and the way that certain enemies are affected more by your different party members' abilities. Now that can easily be said about most TTRPGs, right? You should have some level of complexity in your combat mechanics that reward playing smart and using your strengths against enemies' weaknesses, etc. But this just feels kind of more on the nose. Additionally, the opportunity system and superiority point optional rules for combat in Fabula Ultima would work really well with this, I think. And the other tabletop game that I think could do this potentially well is Break, which is still not fulfilled. I backed it on Kickstarter, I want to say last year or the year before, but we've gotten some preview PDFs of it, and you could definitely build the characters from Sea of Stars using those classes pretty well, I think. Although, that one's a pretty big tome of a book, and I think that Sea of Stars would actually benefit more from less constricted rules, if that makes sense. So yeah, this one was a difficult one to find games that would do this well. If you've played Sea of Stars and you can think of a tabletop role-playing game that would capture this experience better, let me know because I think that there's some really cool new ideas in Sea of Stars that would probably work, and maybe I just haven't heard of that game yet. But I think that this game, this video game, has a lot of ideas that I don't know if they'd be easy to implement in your tabletop role-playing game, but I think that they make really cool ideas that I would love to see people use and let me know how it goes. I might be trying to implement some of these things in my games in the near future. 
So the first one is we're going to go back to that combat that I said is difficult to capture in an existing TTRPG. And that is because combat in Sea of Stars is maybe it's a little repetitive. If you've played it, you know that you probably are going to use the same abilities a lot. But it's very cool where your enemies are always telegraphing what they are going to do. There are countdowns on their turn orders and you can kind of see it in action going, oh, I know that person's going in two turns. So I only have two player actions available before that enemy is going to attack. Sometimes there's no special telegraphed move that's coming. It's just going to be a physical or whatever that opponent's normal attack is. So you can be prepared for that. But sometimes you know something bigger is coming. One of their special attacks is coming because all of a sudden next to their countdown is a list of symbols that you need to somehow find a way to hit them with. So either, you know, bludgeoning damage or using bladed weapons or using sun energy or using moon energy or using, you know, infused strikes like that with the various characters. So it's very cool because it's almost like a puzzle within the combat. If you manage to hit that enemy with some but not all of those required weaknesses or, you know, telegraphed, whatever it may be, then it's still going to use its special attack, but it won't be as effective. And if you manage to hit all of them, it completely shuts down that enemy and they have to skip their turn. So that is such a cool thing that I think would work so well at a game table. Basically, you have your initiative order set up for your combat between your PCs and their opponents. And you can say, Oh, like this person's turn just ended. You see this person further down in the initiative order and something about what they're doing is, or you can say it at the top of a round, something about what they're doing seems like they're building up for a big attack. And if a PC says, how would I stop them? You know, you can let them know, well, you know that this enemy is standing next to a generator. Maybe you can use electric or lightning moves to overcharge this mechanical device and it will blow up next to them and distract them and stop whatever they're doing or you know that they need to be able to see whatever it is they're affecting so if you get out of line of sight from this creature if everybody scoots into a new position and they can't target anyone well then they're wasting this spell you know something like that give them any kind of condition to meet in order to negate an upcoming thing that you telegraphed is going to be worse than just a normal attack more combat stuff that comes from Sea of Stars that I think would work really well at a table is something like a combo potential between two PCs. If you can encourage your players to come up with interesting ways that their abilities work together, then reward them with a special attack that they can pull off together. And then it's not something they can do all the time. They need to set up the conditions by which that combo will be able to be used in a combat. So in Sea of Stars, there's like a combo meter where you time your hits and your blocks and it builds it up slowly and then those characters can use their combos together. Obviously that doesn't work as well at a table, but if you set conditions and certain times that abilities will work well together, that's kind of cool. It basically makes the players feel like they're working together as a team better with some flavor. Outside of combat, there are some things that I like about Sea of Stars as well. So without any spoilers, I don't want to go into any spoilers about any characters or anything that goes on in that game, but 
Your two main characters are known as solstice warriors. They were born on the summer and winter solstice, respectively, and they are chosen to be powerful magic users because of this solstice magic they can use. They can eventually literally control day and night cycles. They can move time and the sun and the moon into positions so that way certain conditions or features of the maps that you're exploring change. Now that's not an easy thing to use in a tabletop role-playing game, and I know that's something from video games that doesn't get used a lot in tabletop role-playing games is revisiting past areas. You do that a lot in video games. Oh, I have to backtrack because now I have this item, very Zelda-esque, right? Oh, I finally went through this dungeon and got the item that's now going to let me go back and go through this thing. Keys is a very popular term for this, right? You get the key to go unlock a door, even if it's not a physical door. But I love the idea of using something like day-night cycles to change how a terrain or a place will feel, right? One of my many, many original RPG ideas is something that plays off of light and dark, both physically in the world, but also, you know, it uses a Mass Effect style good choices, bad choices, accumulating of points. And I think that it kind of works like that. You could maybe mechanize this in a way that you can access certain options based on your light or your moon or what have you. One other thing just mechanically that I think is cool from Sea of Stars is, and a lot of video games do this, but you never really get the option to do this in a TTRPG. And maybe there's a good reason for this. But I love when you level up, very much like Super Mario RPG, you get to choose which of your stats you improve beyond just your, you know, your normal level up bonuses. You can choose physical attack, physical defense, magic attack, magic defense, hit points, or maybe your magic points. So things like that. I know that in class-based games, you're going to be getting something like that during level up. But I also like the idea of further allowing players to customize their characters and being like, I'm cool with just keep on going with the glass cannon. You know, let me just be the blaster and please keep my character safe. And that's where another character says, yeah, I'm just going to keep bumping my defense stats and I'll guard you in combat or what have you protect you. And now for some out of combat stuff that I think that this game does well, which granted there isn't a lot of out of combat mini games or anything like that in this game, but I do like certain bits that they use. So over the course of the game, you eventually recruit people to go and hang out in a, you know, stronghold, a centralized place for your party. And some of the things you get, and you get this early on, is a character who's like an archivist or a magical historian. And I love the idea of finding artifacts out there in the game world and they may not even be completely relevant to the campaign that you are playing, but you can give it to your characters and then say, you know somebody who might be able to give you information about this. And then they go visit this person. And this is dangerous because in tabletop role-playing games, this might end up being a hook you didn't intend to give your players. And those players now think, this sounds awesome. We're going to go off on this tangent. But you could also use it to basically just give more lore, background about the world, and interesting things that may be tangentially related, and even kind of let them know there's nothing you can do about this right now, and you have a much more pressing matter. But it's kind of a cool way to introduce a character, a recurring NPC, who's fun to interact with, and you can get something out of them 
maybe even it gives the PCs or their characters new powers based on the more you know. Secondly, there's no items in Sea of Stars like a lot of other games like potions and ethers and elixirs or what have you. But there is cooking. So there's sort of a mini game with cooking. It's not really, you just need to get enough of the actual food to make certain dishes and you can go find new recipes and things like that. But that is your healing. And I don't think that's a great thing to use for TTRPGs. Crafting systems can be pretty difficult sometimes. But I do love the idea of talking about it during camping, right? So if you make camp and rest for the night, who's cooking? What are you cooking? Do you care what you're eating? Have you gathered things? Have you found interesting things that are only local to this particular area that you've been exploring? How do you use that in a meal? And also in this game, if you go to camp and not just choose the rest option for an auto, everything heals, you go to a little second screen where all of the members of your party are just kind of hanging out, waiting until you choose cook or rest. And they all have idling animations. And I know this is silly because obviously video games, visual, and this seems like something silly for a TTRPG. But I like the idea of, like we talked about in Troy's Perspective Checks episode, don't forget to have moments with your players about their characters and what they're doing when their lives aren't always on the line. Give them a moment in this camp to talk about what do you do every night? You know, what is your camp routine? What are your interesting things that you default to doing? Like, are you always just sharpening your weapons? Is that what you care about? Are you cleaning your armor? Are you sewing and mending the things that have ripped throughout the day? Are you the cook? Are you the one who is telling a story or keeping people's morale high? And you can have PC-PC interactions and things like that during those moments that I think do make for pretty interesting just roleplay moments. And I like that Sea of Stars basically has one of the guys is always doing push-ups. Another one of them is always just kind of like sitting there gloomily or what have you. And <laughs> the archivist is always sitting at your camp just with her book waiting. Like, ooh, do you have something for me? And lastly, the only other thing I will say about Sea of Stars and ideas for you to use in your TTRPG campaigns and sessions is... Look at the characters of Sea of Stars. If you get a chance to play this game, your two main characters are literally chosen ones. And if you play the game mechanically and stats wise, they never actually let them be bonkers more powerful than everyone else. But narratively speaking, they definitely are. And that's okay. I think that power gaps in parties is totally fine. The first party member you recruit is their childhood best friend and he's just a what they call warrior cook he's just a friend he just wants to be there to support his friends hang out with them while they're going on their much more dangerous than his life should be journey and yet he's like you guys are my friends i want to go there with you i've been cooking i'll keep you fed i'll be there to keep your spirits up and there are times where you know you need that character to just do something even if he's just wielding a pot lid and running into enemies and can do physical damage that's great you know what i mean you can have a lot of fun exploring those relationships and still letting them be perfectly competent in a fight especially if they develop a combo or they are needed to achieve certain parts of that 
countdown telegraphed special move negation, right? There is a role for them, even if they aren't one of the chosen ones in this party. And again, no spoilers, but the other characters in this game do get crazy powerful, but you can introduce them at a much lower power level or something like that in the course of the gameplay and then find ways for that player and you to work together to be like, do you want to tie your character into something a little more deep about this story and then unlock and finally show off some crazy powerful things about that character? So there you have it. Those are my ideas about Sea of Stars. I think that if you're going to take any one thing away from this to work on, I would say that telegraphing of special moves and giving your players basically a mini puzzle within a combat to say, this is going to happen unless you achieve X, Y, and Z before they go, is a really cool way to make combats a little more interesting. I'm already brainstorming ways to make this possible. Thank you for listening to this short little mining media episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope it got you thinking, and I hope that you get a chance to go out there and play Sea of Stars. It's a pretty short game compared to a lot of other JRPGs, and it is very rewarding and fun to play. If you want to suggest any video games or book series or TV shows or anything like that to me, reach out to me on any of the social medias. I'm on a good amount of them. You can find me at Rainy Plays Games pretty much anywhere or Rainy Plays Games Pod if I needed to do that for some reason. And you can email me at rainyplaysgamespod at gmail.com. I love hearing from people and I hope that you are enjoying what you're listening to. If you are, maybe leave a rate and review of this podcast on whatever podcatcher you use. Helps a lot, or so I'm told. And before we end today's episode, which should be the last episode in February, right? I will leave you with a little hint that it may not be the case. Remember, this year is a leap year. And for no particular reason is that special. But... Wink. <laughs>